How you doing, Stinky Feet? Stinky Feet. <laughs> Why are you Stinky Feet? Why am I Stinky Feet? Yeah. I'm glad you asked that question. We have two little doggies. They're right. Bichon Frises. You know, they're kind of white, powdery. Fun little cute doggies. Little tiny creatures. Little tiny. They're not that tiny. Maybe 25 pounds. Okay. Right. Anyway, I guess they would be considered a medium-sized bread, but they, they look kind of small. They're definitely, they, they have characteristics of a poodle without that big, long snout, okay? Right. And they're much smaller than a poodle, but they're wonderful, except, you know, when you wake up to go to the little boy's room in the middle of the night, right? and they've been out there putting down their business and you step in it. So that's why. Oh. That's why my new radio name is Truckin' Tom Stinky Feet Kent. Do they do that a lot or is that just because they're getting old now and they can't, you know? Actually, that's probably happened in their 13 years of life, maybe twice. Okay. So, no, it doesn't happen very often, but hey. So you didn't didn't kick them. Oh, no. (laughs) All right. Uh, These beloved family members we cherish and adore. I've been lamenting the fact that they're pretty old. Right. I know you're going through some tough times with them. Yeah. They're not going to be around much longer, I don't think. Right. They have some health issues. But that's another story, another day. Happier times are coming (laughs) right now as we begin our broadcast. Okay, now you're familiar with Heinz, right? Heinz ketchup? Of course. They make a lot of condiments. Well, they've unveiled a new condiment. It's called mayo chup. It's a combination of mayonnaise and ketchup. Now, I guess they figure out people aren't smart enough to just get a squirt (laughs) of ketchup and get a dollop of mayonnaise, put it in a bowl, and squirt it around. You know, I think they're onto something. Well, listen to this. They're unveiling it first in Canada. There's one problem, though. Mayo chup, translated into a Canadian Indian language, Cree, <laughs> is S-faced, meaning like you're S-faced. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so maybe they should change the name. It seems like the perfect name, though. <laughs> you know, when they asked the Cree nation, there's 100,000 of them in Canada about this. They said, we don't care. Does it taste good on beavers? That's all they want to know. Beavers. <laughs> and now, you know, their prime minister, Trudeau, he used to be pretty popular. He's not very popular these days. So now they're calling him Little Mayo Chup. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, we have one of those over here. Yes, we do. We'll see. Mayo Chup. Why not just add something, something like relish, and call it something different? Let me think. I know. Russian dressing. Mmm. Is that what's in Russian dressing? Yeah. Is it really? <laughs> well, yeah. And I a little enjoy bit of- Russian dressing. I didn't realize you could probably just put some uh, relish and mayonnaise and ketchup together and mix it all up and you have Russian dressing. Wow. You know, even worse, in Mayan, mayo chup means eat people. And in Kleong, it means going to the bathroom. Did you know that? I did not. <laughs> Boy, you know all about your mayo chup in all different languages. So Heinz has got to come up with a better name. Well, yeah, here. I would go with something like... Ketchup nays. Ketchup nays? Yeah, ketchup nays. <laughs> it sounds like you're going to say kazuntite right after that. <laughs> or we can call it freedom sauce because it comes here, pal, right? Uh-huh. Well, you know, I've often had that problem because I love ketchup and mayonnaise on a hamburger. 
right? Yep. With a pickle, some onion. Oh, man. That is tomato. I'm ready for that burger right now. Let's go, pal. You know, you you put a little mayonnaise down there and a little ketchup down there, and then you got to take a knife. (laughs) Which knife do you use? The ketchup knife or the mayonnaise knife? Or do you have to go and get a third knife? That is the quandary. You mix them all together. Ingenious, my friend. I wonder if Heinz thought this through. I think they did. <laughs> I think they've recognized the Tom Kent market for ketchup and mayonnaise. Tom and Mike. Do you know that the NASA director, the head of NASA, just came out and said that a woman will walk on the moon by 2024? Why? Well, they want to see. Why do we need to go back? To the moon. Well, that's, that's why the, is it so important for a woman to walk on the moon? Hopefully, a woman's going to be president by then. Well, your first question is more important: Why are we going back? But the reason they want uh, women to go to the moon is they're hoping that this will make young women of the next generation of young girls get into the space program. This mission is going to be called Artemis, who was the sister of Apollo and the goddess of the moon. Wasn't he that character in the Wild West? <laughs> <laughs> How long before that we're going to see the hashtag Me Too Moon? Me Too Moon. Me Too Moon. That sounds like somebody in North Korea who wants to blow us up. You know why we haven't had so many women astronauts? You know why? Why? They don't want to wear the same outfit as somebody else. I can understand that. You know, you go in that big closet of spacesuits and you want some variety. Haven't they been talking about sending to the moon since the 50s? Jackie Gleason? Oh, to the moon, Alice? To, to the moon, Alice! Uh-huh. That was way before my I know, time. but you know what? And so politically incorrect, by the way. But it was one of the best shows ever. I don't know. I don't remember. I wasn't around. Oh, buddy. come on. You've watched it on, on tape. Everybody have seen The Honeymooners. It's a classic. Some things just don't play today in our world when you think about, okay, abuse against women. That just right. isn't funny. Yeah, I know. You know what does play well today? Hopefully our podcast. That's right, pal. Where can I find that? Whatsthisworldcomingto.com. Tom and Mike. Now, you know how like we've always been told all our lives from our parents and our teachers to sit up straight, no slouching? Yeah, and I'm straightening myself up as you say that. Well, listen to this. Even though for years we've been told about this, that it's going to hurt, give us back and neck pain, emerging evidence suggests that slouching may not be all bad after all. Really? In fact, new research indicates that slumping may actually help keep oil, or not oil, but your spine in shape. (laughs) Where's my 3-in-1 oil? I'm the tin man over here. Come on. Slump sitting postures were seen to help to increase the fluid between the spinal discs, reducing stiffness. How about that? So when I go to get my spinal tap, there'll be lots of fluid there. Even critics about slouching says if you get up and walk around every now and then, slumping and slouching is harmless. Another study suggests the benefits of switching positions throughout the day. Perhaps you can sit straight up for a quarter of the time, then slouch for the other third, then finish up the day by doing backbends. How about that? I'm always a proponent of creative and unique positions. (laughs) I'm not going to pursue that. You know, this is why you should always trust nature and ignore the so-called experts. You know, the experts never trust an expert because they switch. Always keep telling us to do different things, don't they? Yeah, we've talked about this before. You know, what's bad for you one day, the next day is good for you and vice versa. Who knows? What's this world coming to? I'm guessing the hunchback in Notre Dame was way ahead of his time, wasn't he? Way ahead of his time. You know, my wife tells me my posture can best describe as the third guy on the evolutionary chart. You've seen that chart, haven't you? You're the third guy? 
Yep, the third guy from the left. I would think you might be a little further down, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) So how about that? Now you can slouch. And that's nothing to slouch about. I'll tell you that one thing, though. My wife is always on me about posture when I'm out in public because she said I'm about two inches shorter because I I never stand straight up. Do you have good posture? Okay posture, not the best. I I think it's okay, but I always try to self-correct throughout the day. Because I do find myself slumping at times, and I, I don't think that's good for you. So No, it's not. I mean, now you can do it at your desk, but when you're out and walking and stuff, you want to pretend like you're on a string straight up, you know? Yeah. I had this Russian acupuncturist. Remember I told you about her? She was yes, so beautiful, so voluptuous. <laughs> Whatever happened to her? Is she back in the home country? I don't know what happened to her, but she was good. She was really good. And, you know, I didn't really mind getting pricked so much <laughs> when, you know, you have this beautiful girl. Easy. But anyway, uh, what was I going to tell you about her? She <laughs> had the most amazing posture of any woman I've ever seen in my life. And I asked her about that. And she said she practices, what's that dance you do, you know, with the uh, rose in your mouth? What is that? Oh, the flamingo? No, that's not the flamingo. What is that? You know, the oh. Spanish. No, the, the, the mamamba. No, <laughs> the, the, macarena, the, the, macarena, the macarena. No. <laughs> oh, the, my gosh. Dance the, with rose in mouth. The bunny hop. Oh, tango. The tango. Yes. She does the tango. And apparently it keeps her posture perfect. And mm. she actually teaches tango classes. She wanted me to sign up. I'd love to do the tango with her, but a, a Russian, I don't think my wife would love that so much. Anyway. A Russian teaching tango. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I can read Mike's mind. He's thinking, there's a joke there somewhere. There is. I'm, I'm searching for it. Tom and Mike. Now, you know how like when you're a kid and you knew a friend of yours or another kid in the school had a father who was a cop, didn't those kids mostly turn out to be like the meanest kids? You're talking about super strict families? Yeah. Yeah. Always kind of had a chip on their shoulder. Well, they just did this study where they had researchers who looked at 1,200 families across the world, ages 5 to 12, the kids were, from six different countries. And they found that kids raised in religious households that were strict shared less with their friends and were more punitive in their actions toward their peers when raised without religion in the house. So they're antisocial. Well, not so antisocial, but they're just, they're meaner and they don't share as much. They're not I kind of wish they'd be more antisocial, to be honest with you. Because, <laughs> you know, those are the people that spew all that hate on well, social says, media, right? Religious upbringing associated with less giving. Kids from religious families were less likely to share with others from kids from non-religious families. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think people can go over the top with religion, just like you can go too far with anything. And these people that, you know, they school their children at home and the children have very little contact with real people in the public. And then they get out in the world and they don't know how to mingle or blend in, right? Yeah, but, you know, you should know this better than anybody. Jesus told us to love our neighbors, not to love a church. And I think that's where the problem is. You see, it depends on what your definition of a church is. Your, your definition, I'm sure, is like most people, that a church is something in a building, but I don't necessarily believe that. I think a church is a body of believers. And a lot of people have church. Right. And 
they do it in their homes. They do it wherever, and it's totally unorganized, right? Yeah, but I think it comes down to just basic kids. They imitate what they see around the house, and if they see mom and dad being these strict religious fanatics, if you want to call it, they're going to be a little bit stranger than the other kid in the class, right? I don't agree with that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with discipline and you know learning about God and what's right and what's wrong. I think where people again go overboard is when they are creating these non-social habits with isolating their children from the world. And then they get in the world and they don't know how to cope. So that's just my opinion. You know, you love to talk about religion a lot, don't you? Well, as raised as a Catholic, I was always confused about that. What's a mortal sin and what's a venial sin? Did you ever hear that? No, I'm not Catholic, so I don't even, I don't know the difference. Well, a mortal I don't even think the Bible talks about. I don't either, and that's why I stopped being a Catholic at age 21. A lot of times you're depending on somebody else's interpretation. Yes. When you should read it yourself and ask for the proper interpretation. But you don't even have an interest in opening the book. Come on, open the book. Oh, one of these days. Yeah, one of these days. If, let me, I'll tell you what. If I'm ever in prison or I'm on a slow boat to China, I will crack the book open. Okay? Well, I make you that what promise you're saying right now. is if you're ever really desperate, it's like saying, okay, the doctor just told me, hey, if you don't do certain things that you really hate doing, you're going to check out really soon. Right. And guess what? I'm going to do them. They say there's no atheist in the foxhole. Right. And do you see how the churches filled up during 9-11 and then yeah. quickly dissipated? Because, well. Because people, when they realize their hide is on the line, oh, they get real religious. Yeah, you're right. But faith is kind of like, you're going to get me preaching here in a second. Faith is kind of like, okay, your muscle atrophies if you don't use it, correct? Right. And if you don't use your faith and all of a sudden you have to use it because you're scared to death, it's the beginning of World War III or whatever, you're lost. Your faith muscle hasn't been built up. So that's my sermon here with Tom and Mike. And go in peace. More great messages can be found <laughs> on our <laughs> daily sermon at whatsthisworldcomingto.com. Tom and Mike. Now, this is a kind of a weird story that I don't really truly believe, but some researchers from South Africa were exploring some caves in Italy, and they found hand and footprints in these clay bottom caves. And from their research, they say it looks like that Stone Age families crawled on their hands and feet through these caves carrying wood torches 14,000 years ago, and they did it for fun. Now, I don't know how they knew they were doing it for fun. I think they are probably trying to escape from their cannibal-eating cousins or something like that. But uh, how can they make those determinations from the palm prints or the fingerprints on the on a cave floor? Did they find any modern artifacts? No. <laughs> so, obviously, they weren't the modern Stone Age family. Breaking news. Cavemen explored caves. How about that? Yeah. Breaking news. They weren't the Flintstones. Having fun in the caves. Remember Twister? Do you remember that game? Of course. You know how it was invented? No. Out of work chiropractor. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> they were very primitive cave people. Yep. Obviously not part of the Flintstone family, not part of any Geico commercials. These people were on their hands and knees ready to wee saying, please. But I don't know how they can determine that they were having fun in these caves, playing games and stuff by the prints of their hands. Because they say some of the prints were intentional, it seems. Some were down with more force than others. But, you know, that's why they're scientists and I'm not. But 
I don't know. I have to take this kind of study with a grain of salt. Do you enjoy bingo and tic-tac-toe? <laughs> Often played on walls. Not much of a life in those days, right? Hunt, gather, hunt, gather, hunt, gather. And here we are today. What are we doing? <laughs> and every day was a casual Friday, wasn't it? Exactly. Oh, man. You know, it was funny, though. In those days, their air was clear, pure, plenty of exercise, caught everything ate was organic and free range, and yet nobody lived past 30. Figure that out. Yeah, well, they weren't the modern Stone Age family. <laughs> Can you sing the Flintstones song? Meet the Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. They're the modern Stone Age family. (laughs) From the town of Bedrock, they're a place right out of history. Come on. You have no memory at all. Your memory is shot. I (laughs) I wasn't a big cartoon man. Oh, come on. How do you think I was raised? In front of the TV with the Flintstones. Hello? I was raised in front of the Three Stooges. And the Honeymooners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tom and Mike. All right, I got another really wacky story for you. A white U.S. pastor from New Jersey. Why but, do you have to mention his race? You'll find out in a second. Backed by a former British clairvoyant. And who hooks up with a former clairvoyant, right? Here's what they do. They go into Uganda, and he's giving 50,000 Ugandans a miracle cure made from industrial bleach claiming that drinking this toxic fluid eradicates cancer, HIV, malaria, and most other diseases. He calls it MMS, Miracle Mineral Solution. And they say if you give it to them diluted, not real heavy, it won't harm you, just give you diarrhea. So I guess it's okay then, right? Bleach, huh? Yeah, the Ugandan Ministry and Health was alarmed to hear about this because over there, they don't have the safeguards that we have, like the FDA and things like that. But uh, was this, I don't know if it works or not, but it's sure going to brighten your day, right? Was this pastor's name Jim Jones? No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Give him Kool-Aid. Too soon? No. Oh, too soon. <laughs> it's the same part of the world, right? Yep. Now supporters of chlorine dioxide, that's what it is, say it's perfectly safe if you dilute it, and it does do certain things. But I don't know. Looking at photos of this New Jersey minister, seems to have worked on his laundry, right? He's dressed in white. Can you imagine going over there and getting people to drink bleach? and tell them that it's going to cure everything? Well, just another religious huckster. You know, I got to tell you this. There is one use of bleach that I use in my life, and this might shock you or it might shock people, but if anybody suffers from poison ivy, you might want to try this. I get poison ivy really bad, and knock on wood, I haven't got it in the last five or six years. But when I get it, I get it really bad, and it, it's miserable. It ruins my day. It ruins my week. It ruins my two weeks because I just— Don't ugh. you know where the poison ivy is? Yeah, but you never know. You know, I used to get it by my dog would run into the bushes, come out. I'd pet my dog and get it that way. Oh, I see. So anyway. So you use bleach on your poison ivy? When I see poison ivy on my body. This sounds like a bad idea. Nope. I take a cotton swab, fill it with bleach, scrub my arm till the point where I get burned almost. But you know what? It it hurts for about an hour. Where'd you hear about that? A friend of mine did it and, and told me about it. And you know what? Is your friend still around? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, it works. The next day, it dries all up. It doesn't spread anymore. Know. You're not selling me here. Okay. What's wrong with calamine lotion? Doesn't do a damn thing. Believe me, pal. Really? Believe me. Oh, 
I suffered as a kid. I used to get it so bad. I remember one time as a kid, I got it because you had it on your hands. You don't know where you, I guess I went to the bathroom and I touched myself. And so I got it all over my little pee. You touched yourself. I got it all over my pee pee. Oh. And so I had to put calamine lotion all over my pee pee. So I remember as a kid, about eight or nine, trying to go to the bathroom. And it shot out the side because it couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, stop. All WTMI right. is not our favorite radio station. You know, I'm going to have to come over there and smack you. Tom and Mike.